And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Ball here, joined as always by my guys Andrew Tursky and Chris McCormick. Boys, player testing is in the books. We don't have our lives back, but at least we can we can check off the testing components. Player testing's done. Robots testing is done. Now we got to get to it's the done. fun part: writing. And not, happy, not a, uh, happy Tiger Charlie week. Happy, happy Tiger Charlie happy week. Tiger Charlie week. Yep. We we will be discussing the elder and younger woods. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week for for those boys. Do you, do you think they're gonna win? Do you think they have a chance? No. I, Not a chance to win. There's a lot I, of strong teams in this event. Just depends on how much Charlie's going to be able to carry Dad. Yeah. Oh, he's going to carry mean, him. I mean, how many? It did, all comes down to Charlie. Tiger said he just that, has to hit a lot of fairways. He's playing from a forward tee, right? Yeah, he's playing from a forward tee. So he just hits fairways, and then I'm sure Tiger's iron wedge game is still pretty dialed. He's not going to be able to hit it past like 250, I bet, right now. No speed. I'm sure. Do you think he's going to pull out the driver? The new stealth. We can say the name now that it's on the uh, USGA conforming list. Well, we we don't necessarily know if if Tiger's going to have the driver, but let's let's set the table here. So every Monday morning, the USGA updates their conforming driver list. Now this Jay Wall's there right when they update. I am I'm always there hitting the right, refresh button. Hit, hitting Come hitting on, refresh company. every 30 seconds refresh 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 Wait, do you go to Getty Images before or after? Uh, I mean Getty's like a like a daily thing for me. So I just kind of, you know, peruse throughout the day, just type in the name of the tournament or golf or whatever and just see if there's anything new. It's it's okay. it's it's part of my daily life. I yep. get my kids ready for school in the morning, have my cup of coffee, hit refresh on Getty. Mondays refresh on the USGA conforming driver head list. So that's who I am. That's what I do. So talk to us about what popped up. What pops up is a driver that I I think people knew that there was a new TaylorMade driver coming. They they do a yearly cadence. New drivers coming, but here out of nowhere we have a driver from TaylorMade that pops up in mid December. And I think it threw some people for a bit of a loop. And it is called Stealth, as Tursky mentioned. So we have the Stealth and the Stealth Plus. And they are, I mean, we, we can see from, from the black and white photos that there's there's something going on. We see the words carbon wood. What could carbon wood possibly mean? Uh, I, listen, I, I wrote a story about it. And there's two constants here that you, that you see that pop up on both drivers. The word carbon wood. And you also see underneath the face description, 60X carbon twist face. So, hmm. hmm. Let's put on our tinfoil hats. What could be going on? Are they trying to say it's a carbon face? I would venture a guess that it is a carbon face. So it wouldn't be the only one ever. Yeah. I mean, car- carbon's been done before. It's this is not this is not something that's that's new to the industry. Callaway had the the C4, Yonix had a had a driver as well. It, it, this is didn't go great. Yeah, it didn't go great. And the reasons why it didn't go great was one, it didn't really have a lot of sound to it. It sounded thuddy and it didn't go anywhere. So carbon kind of disappeared. It was it was tried. And then it was gone. 
So I think a lot of people are probably wondering as they're looking at the soul of this driver, because you can't see the face. That's the one thing about the USGA conforming list is they only show black and white photos of the soul. So we can't tell color or anything. Now there are photos floating around out there. How are people getting away with posting like full That's what I want to know. How are you like, getting away with it? There's a lot of it. photos floating around. It's it it is very frustrating because those of us that that cover this for a living play by the same set of rules and then you have all these rogue individuals out there just like they just throw Just them going rogue. They they are. Just going rogue. They are going rogue. <clears throat> so is that a Callaway pond? What's up? Very easily could be. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. No. No further. No, no further. Yeah. No further comment there. So, <laughs> one one would venture guess. I mean, TaylorMade is, has made their their money with titanium. I mean, every every major manufacturer out there uses a titanium face. And uh, TaylorMade is was one of the is one of the biggest companies when it comes to driver. I mean, they were the first company to come out with with a steel product. They came out with Twist Face. They've they've been at the forefront in in titanium and adjustability as well. At the Movable forefront of that. weight, inverted cone technology, multi material construction. Talk to him, Chris. Just everything. Reeling it off. Innovative. He's got the he's got the tailor-made res, resume ready to go. So apparently we're adding carbon, a carbon face to that list. Yeah, I would say that carbon is is going to be a major part of this driver. Now, the, the questions that everybody has who's seen the black and white photos is one, does this driver sound better than the previous carbon products? And does it go anywhere? Because those those are two main concerns that not only the the retail golfer is going to have, but the tour pro as well. You would you would assume that the TaylorMade's tour staff has already tested these drivers, and I mean, if they're already getting to this point, then they must sound and and perform well enough to to be going out to the retail masses and to the tour stable, because they've got a pretty big tour staff, couple couple big names there, just a few. <laughs> Call him Morikawa. Just, just a few. Dustin Johnson. Yeah, just just yeah. a few. There, there, there are a few guys out there. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. No big deal. Um, but just a couple of things that I did want to point out on this driver beyond just the fact that it has the name Carbon Wood on the sole. I I look at the sole and, and correct and you guys tell me if, if I'm way off base here, but I look at the bottom of the sole and I get a lot of original sim vibes, particularly in that plus model. I mean if you if you look at the sim versus the sim 2 you know when they went to sim 2 they went to a to a predominantly carbon sole and yep. they went to that tps that fixed weight and that weight was was in place of if you go back to the original sim that weight was in place of a sliding weight track now the sliding weight track is now back and it looks to me like a lot of the carbon that we saw in the bottom of the sole on the, you know, Sim Sim Two and the Sim Two Max is now gone. So I get a lot of Sim vibes here. Did Did you guys look at it and feel the same way? Looks like the same exact sole almost. It does. Kind of that same aero design, with, for sure. With no carbon in the sole. I mean, no carbon. That's in what the I soul. see. So that's an interesting one. So if they're going to a carbon face, but going back to more of a titanium sole, you know. 
you, maybe, maybe you have maybe you have to make some some modifications to the head if you're if you're going to that sort of face material. I don't know. So that those those are kind of the takeaways that I have. You know, it, it's there's a lot going on with this driver. Obviously, the face is going to be the big one. But as Tursky mentioned, we talked to Tiger at the beginning of the pod. Tursky mentioned stealth. And I think that's the obvious question here is why does TaylorMade release a driver in mid-December that we typically would see based on their cadence year to year? They release drivers beginning of January, usually the week of Maui is when they release kind of that, do that tour release where you tease it, you, you let people see it for the first time in person, the tour pros use it, and then shortly thereafter, you know, media, media release, and then it comes out at retail. So why would, I mean, let's, we've, we've seen this like a million times when there's yeah. a surprise club that pops up on the USGA conforming list. It typically means one of the big name players is going to throw that driver in the bag that week. Yep. Or else, why else would they put it out mid December? Yep. So, so connecting the dots like he's, there, he's going to, he's going to play it or he's at least going to be testing it on the range yeah. is my guess he's, he's for and sure then charlie might also be playing that's the other question i don't know if they have charlie. a junior version or they're going to cut one down for yeah, they probably let him play the play the big dog the real the real deal i don't think they're going to have maybe a, a junior version maybe they just pushed it through specifically for charlie charlie's becoming the marquee player now might as well just just roll it out for him going to be a lot of eyes tiger I, coming I, back charlie I bet charlie would have that much pull too i oh, believe he's sure. going to get some eyeballs this week Char- Charlie, Charlie's the marquee name in the in the PNC. Tiger, Tiger's running shotgun. But yeah, He's I mean, carrying you, the bag. <laughs> you have to. The USGA requires every manufacturer to send their drivers through, and you have to get them approved before they are are sanctioned for tour play. So, is this an official tour event? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I would think. I would. I would. Don't. I don't think you're getting world ranking points for this. I, I mean, it's going to say if I think it's, the, if it's I think not the, ranking points yeah. and FedEx cup points, I think the tour, the tour is tied to it in some form or fashion. Okay. But so it is like a USGA sanction. Yeah. You, yeah. Thing. You still have to, you still have to get your, your gear approved. It's not, you can use anything that's, that's, you know, non-conforming or, or not approved by the USGA. So that is why so before this 48 inch rule goes into place, maybe Tiger's going to show up with a 48 inch stealth. stealth. 48 inch stealth, just beating it out there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure his. I'm sure his leg could definitely handle a 48 inch driver right now. Man, could you imagine if Tiger showed up with 48 inch driver? Guys like us would lose our minds. Yeah, we we would definitely lose our minds. I'm probably going to lose my mind Jay, when I see Jay Wall would send a tweet out about it. I know that for a fact. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. So I think we all agree that's why the drivers on the conforming list. They're trying to get it pushed through and approved because Tiger's coming back this week playing with Charlie. There's, there's, I'd say there's a very good possibility we see the driver. You know, you never, never know until, until the, until the round. But I'm sure we'll hear He's some. He's gonna have it out on the range. Yeah, I'm, either way. I'm sure, my there's, guess. there's gonna, you know, they're gonna be asking him about it for sure. He's, he's gonna be answering questions about the new driver. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a major topic this week, at least in the early part of the week. Who would have thought we'd be talking about a new TaylorMade driver in December? After everything that's happened, who would have thought we would be actually yeah. talking about Tiger teeing it up? Yeah, for sure. In December. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Let's go. All right. So, I'm jacked up. We have Tiger potentially using a new TaylorMade driver 
He did confirm, as we are recording on a Wednesday, that he's going to be putting a new piece of gear in play. There's there's no, oh. is he or is he not? So Tiger announces on his social media that he's putting in this guy right here, showing up the Tursky and Chris. You think he sent that tweet himself? Oh, yeah. Tiger handles all his own social media. Tiger runs yeah. his own yeah. Twitter account, right? Okay. So he announces that he's going to be playing the new Bridgestone Tour B prototype golf ball. As you can see on there, it has on, If I mean, everybody follows Tiger on social, so I don't have to give out his handle or anything, but it's it's the white box, the white prototype box, but you can see the XS on it. So it's the Tour B XS. It's the XS versus the X is the higher spinning ball for Bridgestone, which is nothing new for, for Tiger. So Tiger loves spin. He does love spin. He's always been a spin guy. You know, again, he plays traditional lofts in his irons. He's always been about controlling his golf ball through through additional spin, not not super high high spin to where it becomes an issue, but keeping it in in a spin window where he's able to control the ball. So he did have a few things to say. These were quotes from Tiger. He said, "What I've seen from recent short game work tells me this ball is special." So we we don't know a whole lot about what's what's going on with this ball. But that's a revealing quote right there. But Tursky did talk to Cooch. He said it's special. Yeah. I mean, he he is he is paid by Bridgestone. So I mean, take take these take these quotes with with a grain of salt. I mean he he thinks the ball's he thinks the ball's good, but didn't Cooch say the same thing? He said short game spin was really good. Yeah, he said short game spin was really good. Um I mean Coocher's not a guy who switches into things very easily. And he was like this ball is just straight up better. I mean, they couldn't talk about the tech yet, so he couldn't really get into the why. It sounded to me like maybe there was new cover coming. The way he was talking about how it felt off the face and how much spin he was getting, nice little lower trajectory with the wedges for that one hop stop. Yeah. But yeah, he was he seemed like visibly fired up about the uh about the golf ball. So it doesn't surprise me that Tiger's putting it in too, the way Kucher was responding. Yeah. So Tiger actually said that he's been working on this ball with the Bridgestone R&D team since 2019 Zozo. It goes a little They seem very willing to work super close with players to get them exactly what they want. Yeah. Bridgestone. Yeah. And it I mean the good thing for them is they actually have they actually have a couple of players and I'm just talking on the men's side. They have a couple of players that that fit these balls perfectly. I mean you you have Tiger who who perfectly fits that XS. You have a guy who's high speed in Bryson who, who perfectly fits that X ball. So yeah, I, I think we're going to, we're going to see Tiger put in at least for sure one new piece of gear in, in the new Bridgestone ball and, and potentially two. So could, could be a big week for, for wall to wall weekly gear notes. Ooh. Ooh. Be on the lookout yeah. next, next Monday <laughs> golf.com. That's right. A little segment called wall to wall. Yeah. Who knew I'd be doing wall to wall in mid December? I thought it, I thought I was going to get a little bit of a break, but no, no sir, that, nope. that that never happened. So anyway, we've we've discussed Tiger testing. He's going to have a new ball. Let's talk the other testing, player testing. Wow, what a transition! I'm 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 the king of transition. Pro, pro podcaster. That's right. In the that's right. We're done. We're done with player testing and. And I just want I just want to get our our takeaways from from the day. So we we ran uh, a bunch of testers through in Scottsdale. 
in two hour two hour windows, and they had a chance to hit everything. So that's drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons that that sort of fit their handicap range, wedges, putters. I mean, they they hit a lot of golf balls, struck a lot of putts. What what was the one thing for you guys that stuck out from the day? Well, I got to give a special shout out to the fully equipped listeners who came through. Yes, we had some fully equipped <laughs> listeners there for player testing. It was awesome. Yeah, we had three guys. It was uh, Philip Norris, Peter Salazar, and KG Driscoll, and they were all a treat. They were awesome. It was really I, fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed hanging out with them, and uh, I think they're probably the three guys that actually listen to this podcast, our, our, three, our three listeners. <laughs> our, our three listeners. We, Thanks, we guys. Three. We got we got literally every one of our listeners to come through. Yep, for sure. That's that's a hell of a uh, good support audience there. Then, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Can't coming argue out, coming out to support the boys. I would say personally, my biggest takeaway: I spent a lot of time over by the wedges, and when people actually go through and like hit a number of different wedges, I think they realize there's more good options out there than just like the one or two that when you go into like a golfsmith or a PGA tour superstore that you're just going right to that, you know, whether it's Vokey, Callaway, TaylorMade, but there's more on the market that give you that spin with different grind options and different weighting schemes and different head profiles. It's like some people, they like those weirder designs, you know, whether it's a, a Hanma, Adele, um, even a Wilson, like people, their eyes will kind of light light up. Like I was giving them uh, the wedges to where you could only see the face, like they didn't see the back branding, and then make them hit a bunch of shots and see the spin trajectory. And then it's like, okay, look look down at it, and they're like, wait, what? Wait, no what? way! I would I would have never tried this ever, <laughs> you know. And they just start bashing on the branding and all that. But it's like <laughs> I like the wedge. And then at the end, I would be like, okay, what was your top three? And they would always have like a weird top three. It just goes to show you, you know, you got to experiment and try everything or else you might not be getting what you actually like and what's best for you. I know we talk about that all the time, but it was very apparent when you had a bag full of wedges from every company and people were hitting them back to back to back that it's not always the top dog that you're going to like the best. I love that you did blind testing. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I know. Such That's such maybe want to do call. it for every single one. I like have yeah. a little black black tape back there yeah. and just cover the branding. I did. It made I did it that so for much fun, and they well. enjoyed it too. Like people, people like the the blind testing. Yeah, Chris just strips that bias away. It is. That's the beauty part of brand agnostic, and people coming in, and uh, I I love incorporating that into fittings, either wedge fittings and iron fittings, just. Put together the combination, hand it to them with the branding down, and just tell them to hit it. And I did have, <laughs> I did have a funny one. Uh, it was it was a Hanma. I was doing the blind thing with the Hanma. I was like, don't, don't look at the branding, whatever, blah blah blah. Just hit it. He's like, well, I think I might know which one this is. I was like, really? How do you know? He's like, he shows me the grip. He's like, it says Hanma right here. On the grip. <laughs> I was like, no. Nice job, smart guy. I was like, you ruined it. The deductive oh, reasoning. I love it. <laughs> Very observant of it. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Might have a guess as to who this is. <laughs> it's one of those. Well, you got me there, college. <laughs> so what were your guys' takeaways? 
Chris? J-Wall, what do you... Um, for me, I... It was really interesting to see kind of the different handicap demographics and skill levels as to how consistent they hit certain products. So for me, it was uh, it was really interesting having a group of guys, and I'll, I'll say a, a, quite a few of our testers are clients of, uh, of mine and people that I've worked with in the past. And so they were coming in and testing product that I had fit them for against some of the, the new toys that are coming out. And it was, it was kind of eye-opening to see how consistent some of these new heads were with that particular player type. And then the, the faster, more accomplished players, certain products appealed to them a little bit and performed for what it was that they were looking for. It was, uh, it was really just kind of cool going through and giving them an opportunity to test all the new stuff, but seeing consistent results. I mean, and it was all day long. It was you know, starting with our 8 a.m. group and all the way till you know, the guys wrapped up at almost five o'clock. It was consistent feedback for the same products. So there's going to be a couple companies out there that have some really good years in 22. It was funny when you got into the fairway woods. I was chilling over there in that section. It was like everyone was picking the same one. Yes. Yeah. And it, it was just all day <laughs> like long. 12 out of going, the 16 guys. Going, wow, really? Yeah. Well, well yeah, why'd you like that one? Seriously? 12 out of 16? Like like everyone. Wow. Yeah. I, it was, I don't think we talked about this. resounding. No, we didn't. I don't know if we're allowed to say the brand name right now, but well, I, don't I think would. We should give we'll hold off yet. for for when we, re- yeah, when keep we release guessing. club tests, and then we can we can talk about our our findings from robot and player a, a bit more in detail. I did feel like driver was a bit one sided as well. Agreed. You did a lot of driver, right, Chris? I did. I I was kind of hanging out in the the driver fairway most of the day, and yeah, there was there was like three that just kept coming up as this is my favorite. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. Yeah. And there was, there was a clear cut winner for a particular demographic of player. That's let's just say in that mid 90 swing speed category. And in that kind of intermediate handicap range, there's one that just kept jumping off the page for these guys. Interesting. Might not be who you expect either. How about that? There, there was one there right ago. I was doing irons and I was listening to some of the guys with drivers. There was one driver though that I, I got to say, I was not surprised. I think a lot of people, if, if we mentioned the name, they would be surprised, but I, I was not, it, it tends to be a pretty, tends to be a pretty strong product year in, year out. It's not, it's not one that's not one you'd expect. At least was it, the, was it the driver that, that I might've liked as well? Uh, no. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so I did. I I did. That was quite a yeah. a coy end to that conversation. It, it, it was. It was. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so I did irons. I was I was manning the iron area for the third straight year. Yeah, you did irons last. Year. You like irons, huh? Well, I I would kind of like to mix it up next year. And let somebody else do irons. Irons is just sometimes I, I get it. It's this giant table with a million different iron heads on it. And I've kind of learned how to to operate in the iron area because you could have guys hit 20 different irons. But I mean, really, I mean, 
maybe 10 of them could actually fit the golfer skill level. And so a couple of takeaways from doing irons this year. One, this, this player testing continually reinforces that golfers have no idea what's in their bag. None. None. And I asked every player who walked up, what are you playing? What shaft do you have in your irons? And I would say maybe half of them gave me the correct answer. Because then I would say, okay, well, let's just go, let's go grab your iron. Did you bring clubs? Yeah. Let's go grab your irons. And more often than not, they either got the the brand wrong on the shaft, which is not a big deal. Most most golfers probably don't know what shaft they're playing. The most common was probably flex. They're like, oh, I'm in a I'm in an X. Well, no, you're in an S. Or, you know, I'm in an S. No, you're in a, this is an R flex, but. Do you think they actually knew they were playing S, but they said X just to seem like harder? Maybe. Maybe they didn't expect me to say, let's just go grab the irons out of your bag. And you just called them out. So, yeah. That's so great. that, that was, that was, that's always interesting. Golfers really don't know. Some golfers didn't even know what irons, what they were playing. It was, Hey, what are you playing? Uh, it, it's a Callaway. Well, what, what Callaway? Um, it's cavity back. Cool. There are a bunch of cavity back Callaways. So Perfect. are we talking about, are we talking about Apex Pro here? Are we yeah, talking about, really narrow you know, down, Maverick yeah, Max, Maverick Max OS? 98. You know, there's a big difference between the, you know, Maverick Max OS and Apex Pro. So let's, let's kind of narrow it down a little bit. That, the video, that was, that's always fun just to see if golfers know what they have in the bag. The other is, continues to be reinforced year after year. It is that biases exist. It's one of the reasons why we do the robot testing because as we've discussed before, the robot has no bias. Players do. And the most amazing bias that I see, and it just it's front and center every time I do iron testing with these with these players, it is that if they hit a product that they absolutely love, let's say it's the one where they're like, man, I if I could give you my credit card right now, I had a couple guys say this about some of the irons I hit. If I give you a credit card right now and buy a set, I would do it. I would buy these right now from you. Or can I just take this iron head home with me and test it some more? <laughs> now. You go from that to then I hand them the next iron. And I nine times out of 10, I had one guy this year, and he may have been the first one to break the streak. They always, without fail, that next iron they hit is their least favorite. Mm. Not just like a, eh, it's not okay. It's like, man, this one just does not feel good. It's not performing right. It's, it's like they go from that high, that... It's like, oh my gosh, I have found it. Then you give them something else and it's like, they're still stuck here, like fixating on that last, last iron that they hit. And then they go and you give them something else. And it's like, it's the worst thing that you could possibly ever give them. And Chris, how often do you get in a situation where a guy falls in love with a club, then you hit like four or five after he comes back to that club and the magic's gone. It. I mean, honestly, it's kind of, <clears throat> I've had more times than I can even count the the first combination of shaft and head that I put together wins. And I mean, we spend an extra 30, 40 plus minutes testing, just trying to beat that very first combination and only to end up exactly where we started. And I always jokingly say like, you know, we could just stop now and hang out and talk for the next hour if you want to. Like... <laughs> I don't think we're going to beat this. And then it always goes into, well, 
you know, let's test this. I really want to hit this. I really want to try this. Let's test that. And then it comes full circle back to that first combination. And then we put it that's back together. That's because you're so good at identifying as soon as you see their swing and speed, you just know exactly what to put in. I, really I wouldn't shout go, out shout out to the fitter. I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, I do get lucky. So modest. <laughs> now there's yeah, there's there's a little bit of luck involved because there's there's always that human element and i've said this a hundred times is you can't pretend to tell a player what they feel so i mean the things that i pull during a fitting they all work on paper but when you start to put them together and let the players test there is no idea that you don't have any indication what their their bias is going to be or what their personal visual perception is going to be what their feel is going to be how they interpret weight so there's there's always that little bit of unknown but on paper everything works that we pull out during a fitting well anyway the the biases always get me i just love it i, I mean it i is. i really want to and, and tursky and i talked about this and also lkd shout out luke cardinine golf's instruction editor he made the trip from connecticut out to help us he was a massive help seriously luke was great yeah luke, luke well, we was, put him in the perfect section we put him in the the putter um station he so and yes. he's the biggest putter guy he ever, calls himself so. a putter perv um yeah he, there yeah. nobody loves putters more than lkd i mean seriously tursky and i on our on our slack for for work LKD without fail about once a month will will slack us a new picture of a putter that he picked up off eBay or at you know a play it against sports and they're all these old beaten to shit putters and I mean some of the wildest designs you've ever seen and he is just trying anything and everything I love it he's he's so obsessed with putters so we did we put him it's in the right spot funny, uh, it's funny our instruction guy is more of like a putter gearhead than the gearheads. Who have a equipment podcast? That he is- he gave me a a great perspective on the on the timeout closet. He said that he has a a new philosophy for the timeout closet that he has started to implement. And when he goes and picks up these these putters that Jay Wall is talking about, before they go into the bag, he immediately puts them into the closet, and they have to earn their way into the bag as others start to fail. It's brilliant! So that's brilliant. like the Q school closet. Yeah, he has he has reverse engineered the timeout closet as a as a proving ground for new toys. Incredible. He puts them in their place before they even have a chance to get an attitude. All right, I love it. That's it. That's it. It's brilliant. Training program. Yeah. Anyway, LKD was great. So thank you again to him for for making the the trip. It it certainly made shout things. out LKD. We know he's listening. Oh, I know he's listening. He listens to every podcast. He may he may be our biggest fan. So we actually have four listeners. Four, and they were all there. And they were all there. And they were. We're they still hundred percent. Still hundred percent. They were all there. Yeah, we're still batting a thousand. But I think next year we should definitely get some more listeners involved. We did have a really great response to to the call to action for for some testers, and we'll give guys a, some additional runway next year. Maybe get some. Maybe get some out of towners. It's always easier just the local guys. I mean, we'd love to pay for everybody to come in town for for player testing, but there are a lot of local guys. They do play a little bit of golf in Scottsdale, right? Just a little, just just a little bit. And there were some guys that reached out that unfortunately we didn't have room to accommodate this year. And yeah. but don't stop reaching out. We do it every year. Let us know. Yep. You know, I was just going through our uh, 
DMs real quick. You know there's a lot of people asking for this Tory Pines flag, right? We got to do it. Like the people the people want it. I I feel I feel terrible because we talk about certain things sometimes and we tease them just I mean way down the road. I, I would say merch. We've talked about merch for how long? Still don't have any. We've been teasing it it's forever. We, it is coming. Stay we, on stay on the lookout. Yeah, it is coming. It had, is coming if next. If we had year. a producer that would actually go to bat for us and get some stuff done on the on the merch side. I mean, I wish we had a producer. He's he's show. too he's great. too busy coaching up the kids. I mean, man, it just just one guy to go to bat for us and say, "Hey, you know what? These fully equipped guys, they've got some great ideas. They've got some concept art that needs to be made. <laughs> Put it on a shirt." Get us a towel, something. something. Coach, coach doesn't have time for guy. that. Coach doesn't have time for that. One guy. Mark, how's, how's the season going? This is slander, first of all. <laughs> Absolute slander. Blasphemy. <laughs> Blasphemy. Don't, don't let the people out there start throwing clubs at me when they see me because I haven't gotten them merch yet based on your lives. <laughs> and the season is going great. Two wins in a row. Big game. Back-to-back back dubs. Let's go. Back Are we popping bottles to celebrate? Uh, the mixologist is ready. You were goose eggs in the wind column for a while. I know. It, w- it was a rough stretch, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a long season, but we're getting some W's in there. We do need to get the flag Congrats signed. We need to get the flag signed. I agree. We forgot to do it when I was in Scottsdale. And anyway. We owe the people. Well, just sign. We got sign- to stop under delivering sign the flag. on our promises. And then send it to me, okay. and then I'll sign it. Chris, and then I Chris has it, it, right? I've got it. I've yeah. got it. So I will sign it. Get Tursky I'll to give sign it. To Tursky, Tursky to, to sign it, and then it I'm will get to sign it as the mixologist. I, I guess we're, I guess we're committing to these nicknames. We are. Jump man, mixologist, love it. <laughs> serial killer. Jump man, jump man, twenty six serial killer. And I'd like to throw in the Powerade mixologist, not just mixologist. Uh, is but it's is not Powerade, Powerade sponsoring it's you? A lot of, it's a lot of branding in our name. But you have green well, tea and lemonade with water. I yeah, mean, there's, you have, there's you have some real psychopath drinks. All right. All right. Calm it down, guys. Psychopathic mixologist. There we go. All right. So we will get the flag signed. I think it's a great chance to now get into our interview. Are we good? I'm ready to do it. All right. Let's do it. So, the man. in addition to doing player testing when we were out at the Raven Golf Club in Scottsdale, we had a chance to sit down with Martin Chuck. Martin Chuck is one of the brightest minds in the instruction space. He's been at this for 30 years. Um, you know him, of, as I mentioned at the top of the interview, of Tour Striker fame. He has the Tour Striker Golf Academy, has some unbelievable training aids. We get into a couple of, of those, how they came to be. Talk about Mo Norman, one of the greatest ball strikers yeah. of all time. Shout out to Turs- shout out to Tursky for kind of cool moving that conversation in that direction. Yeah, Martin's had to go that Martin's way. awesome. One of the one of the chillest dudes out there. He is Canadian, so one of the nicest guys out there. Don't hold against him. No, I, nobody nobody should. Anyway, let's get to the interview. All right, well we are here with Martin Chuck of Tour Striker fame. Chris, talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Good to be with you guys. Martin, thanks for being here, man. Hey, you came to me. This is my home right here. This is it. It, it is literally your home. We, we are here at the oh, Raven. This is right over there. I mean, I got to say, this is one of the nicest setups I've been to. You've got a perfect putting green right here. You got a nice chipping area over here. You got tons of 
range space. Oh, it's the best. Right by the airport, but it's for me, it's perfect for my golf school peeps, and obviously the people want to get fitted up. This is like perfect. Yeah. Weather's terrible. Weather's terrible. It's awful. I hate we, it. We could we could possibly do better. Right. Maybe. No, well. I know. Prove everybody the northeast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening. You couldn't hear that. I'm just basically going. <laughs> so so we are here at the Raven now. We are here. Hersky and Chris and myself, because we were doing player testing. Yes. Sending guys through the ringer, hitting over, hitting over 100 balls. It makes me wonder, Martin, when was the last time you hit over 100 golf balls a in a session? Actually. You know what? I think of uh, when I was a little kid and I got the magazines and I looked through player testing. I always think, well, you know, it takes it takes some stamina to test clubs to go through. I don't know how, how many different clubs you give these guys, like different, like how many yeah. sets of irons? Oh, Four or five? Yeah. We've, at least. Okay, so then they're going to hit 20 balls each probably. Yeah, at least. <laughs> so you'd, you'd think by the you know the fourth set there's some natural degradation happening in the physicality just saying you know so it's tough it's tough to get the opinion I'm curious what you guys have to say because I'd read the magazines and it would say something like okay Bob from Cleveland's a nine handicapper and he loves this brand but he wasn't so favorable about this brand I'm like okay when in the matrix did he hit that club hmm. right when was it was it when he was fresh and fresh as a daisy or was it his third was it his 70th ball when he was kind of tired I think that's a fair point. I mean, <laughs> we like to start the guys, you know, putter, wedge, get them warmed up. Yeah. Go over to irons. There you go. But, you know, we have fitters out here who can kind of help the player get into the right product for him. Yeah. So it's not like they're literally testing every skew, every model. No. You know, sure. we're kind of pointing them in the right direction. Obviously, a high speed, high spin guy, we're going to give him the low spin yeah. driver product. So maybe he's only hitting four drivers. But, well, I mean, you bring up a fair point. But you do want to hit product back to back so you can really get that comparison like right away. I think you, you know? guys do an awesome job with it. So like when the golf school starts, I walk them over, introduce them to whoever's here. Tanner's usually the fitter here, right? Or Mike has been here and Blake on Mondays. And then so we open the drawer up and then the, it, like it's like this golden light and angel sings. The sound of angels comes out because it's like <laughs> they see every brand almost that you, you, that you could possibly want to hit. Yep. So then naturally, somebody's going to go, well, man, I'm really kind of hankering for that. Mm -hmm. And so then you guys can help. Well, you know what? Maybe that's not really for your skill level. But if you want to take a look at it, pull it up, feel it, sit a couple times, and then you guys do your thing. Like I did uh, that driver fitting with Matt, right? Mm -hmm. Roybal up at the – and he did a great job. And I've done one with you before. And it's amazing how it's like, okay, hit this. All right, Chuck, you're terrible. We're going to give you this now. now we're gonna <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how it goes, Martin. Anymore. Sorry, buddy. Here you go. We're going to back you down. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. But no, it's pretty quick. It's like boom, boom, boom. You get fitted into something. It's like this makes sense. What grip do you like? Okay, that shaft feels good. The head appeals to me. Awesome. Let's, let's go. Build it. Better the player, the quicker the fit. Is that how it is? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, cool. That's why it took me half a day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to the joke. <laughs> it was only four hours. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't full. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't bad. Well, with all, with all the golfers that you see that are coming to you for lessons, yeah. I mean, we, we have the guys out here, and we all ask for player testing, hey, what do you play right now? Mm -hmm. And more often than not, I don't know about what you guys have seen, but usually what they're hitting is – kind of close to what they should be playing but there's usually something in there that's that's not right i, mean, I know you call it the rat in the bag um but how often do you get like students or just a guy coming off the street who wants to come in and get a lesson mm -hmm. and you're like oh man i'd love to be able to help you out but first your gear needs some all the time serious all help the time. in fairness day. i look at uh, my I joke i say so <clears throat> 
I get my practice in coaching people. Like I do a few demos and a few reps, and that's those couple of shots I hit during a lesson for this, you know, throughout the day. That's my practice for the day. It's good fun. And every once in a while, I'll pick up a club and I literally can't hit it. And I'm pretty good stick. I can get it around the golf course, you know. Sure. So I hit it on the face and it doesn't go. You know what my record is for the 100 meter dash, by the way? 80 meters. I almost made it. <laughs> I'm not that fast anymore. But the point is, he's bringing the jokes out. I, I like can it. get the sweet spot on on the ball most of the time. Okay. And sometimes I, I'll grab a club, I'll try to hit it, and the shaft will want to bend some odd way. So my favorite thing to do when I start the golf school off is walk them over. Pull out the old plane or the pure stick, show them the wiggly part, spin it around, and have these people because you got a couple more there. I hand them out to the group and they'll just pass them around. And I'm not doing it to freak them right out, but I kind of want them to understand the build is so critical. You call it the rat in the bag, and that rat in the bag is it, that might be an eight iron. Heaven forbid. And like I hope it's their four iron and they hit it like once a month. But if it's their eight iron and they got to hit it like three times around, and the, and it's a shaft that doesn't really want to flex and come back to where it ought to. That's awful, man. 100%. You know, and so sometimes I'll grab their club that and maybe they got a set of rat in the bags, but I might grab the one, I'll try to hit it, <laughs> and I might shank it or something. And I'll be, and it's usually something that's, you know, a little too soft for the player in front of me. You know, they're, maybe they swing, maybe they should be in something more like a, you know, men's regular. They got sold on, oh, they need something soft and big, juicy grips because they have sore hands. Sure. And, you know what I mean? And they just need the right gear. And you guys are great at building the right gear. We appreciate that. Yeah. We try and pride ourselves on a good quality fit. And then, as you kind of touched on, a good quality build. Is you can have a great fitting experience and then just completely destroy the whole experience with a poor quality build. So it's it's equally important in my mind to yeah. nail the build and get to what the fitter was trying to actually fit you. I try to get them to go up and, and see the build house because I, I go, once you walk in, take a look in there do a quick little five minute tour, not even, you're gonna be like, okay, these guys take this seriously. Like from the, from the, you get your order, the cart, all the components go in the cart, the cart rolls into the building. Some guys assign your job, then it goes to some guy who wants to prove that guy wrong. You exactly. Know? I mean, that's cool. You, you know, cause it's like, you guys take it that serious that it, like golf is for fun. But I tell people, you've made, if you love this game, get, you've earned good gear, do something, build, get some clubs in your hands that are, are great. And it, it doesn't matter which OEM makes them. It's more about choose the grips that feel great for you, the shafts that work for you, the heads you like to look at that, you know, give you the right launch conditions. Obviously, don't try to play blades when you're not capable of hitting the middle of the face with decent speed. But if you can get the right set of clubs, golf's so much more enjoyable. And that, I mean, that's that. We're here to, you know, we're purveyors of fun, and you guys help people have more fun through gear. I help them have more fun through a bit of technique upgrade. So, you know, we work kind of symbiotically. I want you want people to have good sticks. I want them not to, you know, have technique that makes it really hard for them to get the face in the ball. If you combine the two of those, you have golfers that are, like, pretty happy after they get done playing 18 holes. Oh, 100%. You know. It's the game enhancement component of it's huge. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What are we fixing first, the, the swing or the gear problem? So, you know, I come at this from, I've been doing the golf school now, it's my 11th year full-time. So I've been coaching golf for over 35 years. I was a club pro for 16. And, I, and sometimes it's tough for you guys as fitters because I know you don't want to get into lesson mode when some guy's got like a funky, steep delivery. And, you know, so my whole thing, even with my students, I say, listen, you know, if you're seven foot tall, they're going to build you something a little abnormal. If you're six foot tall or five foot six, you're going to fit in this range of sort of, sort of normal. And the fitter is going to say, okay, what kind of speed does this guy have? What kind of strength, you know, lady or man has? 
um, you're not going to be that far out of out of like functional basic lion lion loft stuff and then it's then it's going to be a nice discussion with you and the fitter you know what do you like to look at um, and then you're going to hit some you're going to know pretty quick and, and then and then I always say I ask I always ask a person you're going to play five times a year in company scrambles then then just let the fitter completely fit you however they see that day if you think you're going to work to get a little bit better tell the fitter that because the fitter knows that maybe you're steep and over the top and present the handle really high and that might that might be a three or four degree upright you know lie angle on a seven iron but if mm -hmm. the fitter knows that you're going to try to play golf 20 rounds and take a few lessons then they're going to say okay cool i'm going to fit you into something that you can kind of grow into that you can have for a, a good run of years that you get great value of i think you have a similar perspective yeah, absolutely. I mean, he kind of he kind of hit it on the head. It's I've heard you say like that exact answer before to a similar question. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's spot on. That's yeah, exactly yeah. kind of the approach that we take with it. Well, you don't want to be a shyster. I mean, you don't want to just sell somebody something. You want to sell them value. You want to. It's because it's not. I mean, good gear is not cheap, right? A nice wristwatch is not cheap, right? Good. It's just how it is. So if you're honest with them, hey, are you going to play four times a year in company scrambles? Good. We'll just you, and you slice it. Here's the hooky lofted driver that's going to sling it. Here's upright clothes. It's gonna, you know, make start it more left. Yeah. If you're gonna play any kind of golf and you have a coach and you want to work at the game, good. Here's what we're, how we're gonna build this. Oh, exactly. And it's it's kind of a, it's the perfect case scenario if I have the coach come in with the client. Yeah. And we can work together to figure out what it is that's the best combinations for him. Right. So where is this player going? Where are the objectives? What are we working towards? And then it kind of helps to dissolve that that band-aid fit that we may get if the coach wasn't there. Right. Because there's that, there's always that disconnect of you know, what am I doing versus what do I need to be doing? Yeah. And the coach just helps to it, more or less wade through that. And then we get to a much more transparent conclusion and we actually get the combination that everybody's happy with. Yeah. And I have like, now that I've known you guys for, I don't know how many years now, it's been a seven or eight years. So it's been a while. I have no, there, there, I have like a hundred percent confidence that when somebody goes, whether it's to Scottsdale or right here on the grass here at the Raven, that it's going to be massively, you know, I'm confident that they're going to get gear that they walk away with going, wow. And I'll use my wife as an example. Like Stacy Chuck, Tanner fitted her up into, I think it was ping irons with some kind of Fujikura shaft. The, the forward was a Titleist. The hybrid was a, was a um, oh man, what brand was that? Anyway, it was like all over the place. A couple of ping wedges and a tailor-made driver, kind of in more of a mixed bag of mixed gear. Mixed bag, yeah. You know, and it was like she instantly got better. All her friends got really jealous, which is really awesome. the way it works. And then they wanted to come get fitted up, and we it's, just had one in the other day that did it because because of, of Stacy, like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm smashing my driver. Oh, my irons go like 20 <laughs> yards farther each. You That's know? It, that is exactly how it happens it yeah. becomes an arms race right and <laughs> arms race you get one guy from the group and he comes in and sees huge gains and then the guy that used to out drive him isn't out driving him anymore right the guy that used to edge him out two three four strokes around now yeah. is losing by a couple and the next thing you know it's the second guy from the group and then the third guy from the group and then it just is a domino effect yeah As people see i mean there's no reason for a properly sit fed or properly fit set of clubs yeah to not perform immediately when you put them in the back right Right. No, for sure. And then the, the fact that, uh, and I don't mean to run on like I'm an infomercial for you guys because that's not the case. <laughs> but I mean, I, I have had a dude who wasn't happy with a club and then you guys were right on it. You know, you were, it was a three wood. He went back in. I don't know if it changed the head or changed the shaft or whatever, but he was like, no, no, it's good now. 
Like, cool, that's how it should be. It, and that's 100%. We stand behind everything that we build. Yeah. Chris didn't fit that one, though. Wasn't me. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't build that one. Yeah, it was damn Tanner. There you go, Tanner. Damn Tanner. Yeah. So, so, I've never been a training aid guy. Mm -hmm. I've always just been about feel. Yeah. And I'm not just saying it because this guy's here, but I got hooked on to the plane mate. Oh, cool. And it's it's like the, it's been my go-to. But I always wonder this whenever I'm using because you know I would watch the Golf Channel late at night and I'd see those infomercials and I'm yeah. like, man, where do these guys get these ideas from? And like. How do they take it from like a prototype to creation? And so I got the guy here. So I really, I want to know, like, yeah, you, you know. how, how did you get the plane mate from like the finished product? Like, where did it start? Yeah. I'm always curious about this. Like, you well, know, there is a former assistant of mine, longtime friend and a good buddy, David Woods is a director of golf at the vintage club. So years ago, when I was on revolution golf, which was a big, a, a big, I don't know what you call it, marketing golf information brand and they, they sold to uh, the, um, the golf channel but I would do tips every week and so I use if you walked in my office you'd see all the training aids um, so to your point like that was probably my seventh or eighth product that I got to market so it wasn't like mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing prior to that one right but you know we would talk regularly call me up and said hey I saw your tip on revolution golf where you use that band on the club and it was tied to your belt and blah 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 he goes if that thing had some freedom in the belt area that'd be really cool and then I'm like, hey, wait a second. I was looking at a, in my little golf, because I have that same thing at my house pretty much, but with junk everywhere, all other training aids and stuff. And so there was a Jim Hardy swing jacket. Remember that green vested thing with the red? I used, that was actually the last thing I used when I was in like high <laughs> yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, the straight jacket. Yeah, so yeah. it's all a little confining, but it has its merits. So I, I bought one legitimately like in 2004 when it came out, spent a ton of money on it. And then I happened to be in like played against sports and they got one for 10 bucks. So, you know, I pulled the rail right off it, went to a shoemaker up the road. He ran a couple of rivets into an old, really bad belt that I had. And next thing you know, we made a prototype. I sent one to Dave. I used one. And then, you know, at the, at the vintage club, he's got a, he has a ton of tour players that spend time there between like now and the, when the tour really gets kicked off. Now there's really like no break for these guys now, but back years ago there's a bit more time off around Christmas so the likes of Jason Day and Justin Rose and Nellie Corda and man I'm telling you uh, who else Mike Weir hangs out there quite a bit mm -hmm. these great guys and, and, and Woodsy is like hey would you mind giving this a go and then they gave some feedback and we made some tweaks and things with different band tensions and things and then I've got connections overseas now and now we have a product it was it was great it was goofy though like we didn't know it'd be successful like we thought it had merits. I liked using it, but you know, what is the consumer willing to do and how silly are they willing to look? Apparently they're willing to look pretty silly because when you put that belt on and you have these bands and you're on the range and people are going, but then, you know, you, I, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either. Like I really don't yeah. care. I mean, Just embracing that inner 10 cup moment. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. So it's been good. And so at the golf camp, like it looks like, you know, you've got a big setup today with all the different clubs and stuff and people hitting them over there. But you know, that's what our setup looks like with the, the golfers that are in wanting to get better. And most of the people that come see me are, are typically 50 to 85. And then if somebody's 35, I'm like, what are you doing here? should be working hard for a living, not like, I tease them. But those people are having fun. And if there's a younger person there, it's usually the son of one of the people that want to come. And then we may use, if somebody's got, you know, crazy separated arms, we'll put a that inflatable ball, the mm -hmm. sticker smart ball oh, between yeah. their arms. or if somebody doesn't really understand the takeaway, we might put the playmate on them for a little bit. If it's risk conditions, we might use the educator. 
So, you know, your point about how does this stuff get drummed up, I mean, that's all I think about, man. That's all I think about. You know, it's like how to help golfers get better. And me too. Like, I still like to play and not, you know, hit it all over the yard. And what can I do to make myself a little bit more reliable? So all the stuff I have, I made it for me. And then, you know, if it sort of works for me a little bit, then it might help you, right? It's just like you guys build great gear. Like that wall over there, you know, people walk up and they go, what? There's like 200 shafts hanging here. Yep, there is because there's a, <laughs> there's a bunch of manufacturers and there's different ranges of flexes. And, you know, I like the Modus 120. Like I love that iron shaft. It's great. I could put anything. It feels like that's home to me. Hit it. It feels nice. I could pop it in a bunch of heads. It feels great. You know, but if I use a different, like I can't use, I never could use a, a dynamic old um, X100. Couldn't do it. S300 didn't feel good. You know, so certain, it's, people need to go, hey, this is what feels right to me. Whether it's training aid or a shaft or a, the look of a club head, the, the right loft. You know, everybody's going to kind of find their home base. Maybe you know your stuff when it comes to gear. When you walk over over there, we got all the new drivers and new fairway mm-hmm. woods. Do you get kind of jacked up and you're like, Ooh, what's that? What are the people saying? Or do you to. not really like care that much? I don't change much anymore. Like once I get something I like, man, it's tough to get it out of the bag. Like it's, um, I'm not one, I don't like changing that often. When I was, when I was in the business, like as a club pro and as a younger guy, like I read, my buddy and I were such golf nerds. We'd read the golf magazine and then ask questions about what was in the magazine. And like, that would be a, that'd be a, a game. Okay. You know, you know like quizzing saying? each other? Quizzing each other yeah, about yeah. articles and then the clubs that came out and what was offered. Like, I, I could have worked with you guys on, on knowing the specs and stuff and the different shafts. Like, I prided myself on keeping up on all of it. Now I'm like, I don't have enough bandwidth for it. I just kind of rely on you guys. I mean, I have a sort of a sense of what's coming, coming and going, but I, I just, I just kind of leave it up to the people in the industry that do it the best and you guys do it the best, period. So, you know, I mean, aside from maybe... I don't know. I mean, is there anybody else that does it better? Maybe you can say, oh, there's some guy on the tour van that does it, you know. But no, I think you guys do it the best. I really do. Big you're, words you're right You're nerds there. for this stuff. <laughs> Sounds 100%. like you were getting nerdy back in the day, too. I mean, quiz, oh, no, I quizzing your friends on golf gear for fun. No, no, that's you know, a nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pulled out. Amen. That was me. So, so you mentioned just bandwidth for yourself, and it, mm-hmm. it kind of made me think about that. I mean, golfers these days... I mean, a lot of them are, unless you're, you know, 60 plus, mm-hmm. you're still working, you still got a family, yeah. don't have a lot of bandwidth. And as an instructor, you see, you know, guys coming in, hey, my, my driver's, you know, doing this, my irons are doing this, wedges, whatever it is. If there's one club for those golfers that don't have a lot of bandwidth to work on everything in the bag, if there was that one club where it's like, look, like this is, this is a one that I can like constantly see guys come through where it's like, this might be one that you should work, or at least like, at least take a closer look at. Maybe it's not a big issue now, but it could be at yeah, some point. Yeah, you know, I think you hit a lot of putts in around the golf, and you really do, I mean. I, I hit a lot. You know. Yeah. You know, Tracy's like, I hit <laughs> like, a lot. Then Martin lot. should be helping this guy. He's, <laughs> he's a lost cause. I have a righty putter and a lefty putter in my bag right yeah, now. There you That's go, bad. right? But, but <laughs> it's really bad. I'll, I'll tell you just simple. I see a lot of people come in that are, that have just really long putter. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and so the putter just manufacturers, they got to just pick it. They have to pick a size, so they pick 35 inches, and that's usually too long for most people. Yet they, that's the one they buy right off the, you know, mm-hmm. the superstore and walk out of there. So the putter is massively ill-fitting. The, I, I tell people that the golf, the golf school peeps that come here and go, tape, 
just please take advantage of this fitting opportunity because you get to hit good golf balls off of perfect grass in front of a launch monitor and you can't beat it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with an indoor fitting, but you get the false positives off the iron off a range mat. So if you can take advantage of a situation like the Raven and what you guys do here, and you can see golf balls fly. I mean, how many bad days have you got in the wintertime in Phoenix? Like, I count, count them on, them on one hand. hand. <laughs> exactly. Like, two. You know, there's, it's not windy. I mean, there, it's like you can watch golf balls fly towards South Mountain off the perfect turf. You're going you're gonna to leave confident that whatever you, if it's wedges into one of these pitching greens or hitting pots, that you actually have a set that can play on real grass mm-hmm. and you can go to the golf course with because we don't play indoors. I know there are a lot more indoor launch monitor um, simulation tournaments and stuff, but the fact is you got to kind of hit it off the grass. So my preference is if you have the opportunity, get to an outdoor fitting, which you guys do a ton of. So that's awesome. How do you work on your game when you don't have access to a grass range? Like for guys who are stuck on yeah. mats with no launch monitor, like, yeah, you know, you know so New York in the wintertime. <laughs> you do, you do. In the Northeast in general. Like I've got a Golf Channel series coming out, so. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. So it's, it's going to hit, it's just a digital series called um, Building a Better Game at Home. And it's, they, they came out, we filmed it in the living room. And it's wiffle balls. And I'll tell you what, if you set up, if you set up square to a wall, and you hit a wiffle ball, you're not going to hurt the wall. And get a foam one if you want. And if you're square to it and you hit it into the wall, guess where it should bounce back to? You. Mm-hmm. Right? So people can start off hitting little chip shots into the wall. If they bounce back to you, not hurting the wall any. If you want to, you know, put up a, you know, hit it in the back of a chair or hang up a, you know, a, a towel or something, fine. But you can get so much better in having reliable face delivery, hitting wiffle balls into a wall off of a bath mat or, or a doormat. You don't need a fancy at-home setup. There's tons of stuff you can do, stretching out with a towel, and you can learn about internal, external rotation. And while you're sitting on watching your favorite sports team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, for everybody out there, I appreciate you. <laughs> you can work on your wrist conditions and all that stuff. Watching, you know, you can get way better at home because people are self-conscious when they come to a range. Mm-hmm. You know, they really are. Yeah. You know, you get past a certain level. Like I don't care what people think now when I practice. You know why? Because I'm pretty good. They hit balls. They're gonna they. When you're pretty good, people watch you hit balls. Like, I don't get self-conscious hitting balls, so I don't care if I put on a playmate or have a smart ball or do funky drills that you see better players do, mm-hmm. right? But at home, nobody's watching. Yeah, your wife might tease you. You can you can bear that, right? So, you know, this series coming out will be fun. I think it'll help people just kind of go, okay, I'm at home. What do I do to get better? And when I go to the course, hopefully it transfers over. That's uh, That would be helpful. Try not to break anything, too, when you're swinging. Make sure yeah. you measure, like, how, how high yeah, the ceiling make sure, is. Make sure the kitty cat can't yeah. run in the way of a club or yeah. something. Yeah, watch the chandelier. That happened Don't shatter that anything. Was, but other than that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not all going to, like, try and chip it into the uh, to the wash bin like, oh, like Rory. Rory. Like Rory? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we were talking off camera just about COVID golfers. Just yeah. all the new golfers. What yeah. what percentage of golfers are you seeing nowadays for lessons that, that are, like, brand new to the game? Or maybe those that have kind of come back and, and you know, yeah. kind of that their golf flame has been reignited since, oh, so since COVID. Awesome. So, uh, like, a specific little sector, I would say, is uh, ladies who are kind of, like, in their late 50s, maybe 60s, 70s even, actually. Because that's, like, the odd uptick I've seen in my campers. Like, most of my campers are just retired dudes that bring their wife. Sometimes a lady come by on her own, which is cool. But it's like I'm getting a lot of brand new ladies that, you know, don't know what end to hold. 
and it's awesome kind of building their game up, showing them how to put their hands on nicely, how to walk into a shot properly. You know, golf is weird. We take it, we take for granted all the squillion questions the golf course asks us, right? And a newbie has no idea. Ball's above your feet, downhill lie, how do you get it up over the bunker and keep it from going on the hazard over there? You know, how do you, do you tip the cart guy when you get in? Or do you drop your clubs off when you pull in? You know what I'm saying? Like the golf, like this is stuff you guys have forgot. And these newbies, like I try to say as many things as I can during our on-course time because the golf camp is, we do work on the range, we take a lunch break, we do a bit more work, we cover different things, well, tons of different things, and keep it at their level. And then we go play. And then the playing situation isn't like they're playing their own ball. Some can if they're capable of it. Like we get really good players too. We have plenty of golfers that are scratching right around there. But the newer golfers stay in the pod with newer golfers with a coach that's dedicated for them. And then we, we answer all those bizarre questions that you don't even think about because you've done it a million times. Mm -hmm. Right? So you try to make them aware of the situation. They're like, oh, that makes sense. Cool. Now that now they feel more comfortable in that situation, whether they can do it or not. And the thing about golf too is I, I always say when when I meet everybody and I bring them in, I, you know, show them the club fitting options, walk them in the studio, kind of give them a tour. You know, I say golf owes you nothing and everybody sucks at golf. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, it's true. It's so true. Golf can smack you down. I don't care how well tuned you are. The next time you play, you may look like a spaz. And I, and I say that, that it's me and it's anybody. And Tiger Woods, you know, basically said, you know, two people own their swing. And he referred to the Canadian famous guy, Mo Norman, who luckily I grew up around. And then Ben Hogan, who I've never met, that, you know, literally had command over their golf ball. That's two people ever. Now, maybe there's a few that are sort of touched that from time to time. Tiger was obviously number one in the world um, 13 times in his career, which is nuts. At the end of a season, I think I just saw some pop up in, in your magazine. But, you know, just so people realize, hey, this is a game. It's a messy game. It's meant to be fun. It's a wild ride. You're going to have your great holes, your bad holes, memorable moments, sad moments. You know, it's a little like life. Nope, 100%. In yeah. one round of golf. Right. Yeah, in one round of golf. Exactly. Did we just get a little uh, Mo Norman you did. name drop? You did. a little Mo Norman. We yeah. need to hear more about that one. What do you want to know? I, I, Everything. I know. That could <laughs> He's be such a fascinating guy, and obviously his golf so swing is crazy repeatable. My, um, my first experience, I was probably 10. It was a sleepover golf day camp, or sleepover camp. It was a Monday to Friday deal. It was just north of Toronto, a uh, little town called Lake Simcoe. And, and so Simcoe, Ontario, there's a, golf, there's a golf course called Golf and Ski Haven. And Mo, I guess, was given carte blanche there. I mean, it was nothing great. It was just a mini track that mm -hmm. had a sleepover golf camp. So my cousin and I went to it. There's maybe 10 other kids. There's an instructor there. What, anyway, we're at some range that is literally, a, it'd be like this far away from the clubhouse. And some dude is hitting balls on the other end of the range, and it's summer day in Toronto. It's kind of hot and sweaty and muggy, and he's there all day. Like he's when we get there, he's there. When we're we go play and come back, he's there. At the end of the day, he's there. This guy's hitting balls. Like he is hitting balls all day. He took a lunch. He took a lunch break. The first time I actually saw him up close and not distant was when he was getting literally shooed, like a little a lady with a shoe, shooing him out of the kitchen, and he was kind of <laughs> frantically running out of the kitchen. Okay. So now, the end of the week, the, the golf coach, a guy named Arnold Weiss, says, special special treat, Mo's going to hit golf balls for you. Cool, I'm like, whatever. And he make, makes it crack like he's the best ball striker ever. And I'm 10, but I know it all, and I'm like, no, no, it's Jack Nicholas. Jack's my hero. Can't, can't beat Mo Norman. So there's the parents now, because they've come to pick us up, and then here's this guy 
ratty outfit, disheveled hair, you know, got a got a little uh, shag bag full of balls, and it's the first tee now. We didn't drive up to the range. It's just nobody's playing late in the day. And he goes to me, he goes, uh, and I'm Lily, he goes, Marty, run out there, uh, you know, 100 yards or so. So I'm standing about where the, the green is down there, where the two pins are, okay? And, and I'll wave you in a few, and then we'll send out some other kid to go get the balls. So I run down there, and I can most kind of making motions and talk, and I can't hear him. And then I can see him quickly look and waggle, and next thing you know, ball, and it's a day like today, it's perfect. So you can imagine, I'm standing there, and the ball goes up in the air, and it like comes right at me, and it lands like right there. I'm thinking I'm going to be running all over the place to get these balls. And the next ball comes and it's right there. I mean, I could have sat in a chair like this <laughs> and put the balls and picked up the balls. And then, so I go back in. Now he hits seven iron. And it, as soon as he hit the seven iron, I'm like, wow. Like, because he was still sort of youngish then, because I'm 53. So 43 years ago, he passed away in 97, I think. But I mean, the guy hit it fairly hard, but so on the button, dude. Like, he makes a comment. They can strip divots. If he practiced, you know, it's a, you'd know it's a mo practice session because it's like a surgical divot removal pattern. And in his irons, he just hit it on the button where he was aiming. And he was and he had some kind of spectrum autism thing. He couldn't couldn't sit here like this. You know, at his, well, when he got older, he could kind of talk to people a little bit more easily. But when he was younger, he was uh, he could hit balls for you. He could. He had a couple of friends. He never owned a home. He lived in a. He lived in a. Like a, couple of hotels that were kind of in that area, and you know he played tournaments and he was unbelievable. He hated putting. He said to me, he "Goes, <laughs> I feel like I could drive Love a it. golf ball through a through a tire at 200. I'm more confident driving a golf ball through a tire at 250 yards than holding a putt." Wow. Wow. I bet he was dead serious. Oh no, too. he was dead serious. Yeah. But, you know, he could kind of knock a ball at the cup and it going from time to time. The funny thing was, he was an amazing bunker a bunker player, but he never hit it in a bunker. But he'd practice, and he'd flip these bunker shots out with that fat bottom Lynx wedge. Remember that funny-looking thing uh, Lynx had? Yeah. Yep. That's what he used for a bunker, and he never hit it in a bunker. And, you know, he just it was unbelievable. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I heard Wayne Gretzky and Janet Gretzky are going to produce a movie of, you know, his story. And I wow, just hope be awesome they capture the him a little bit. I hope they do, because he was he was awesome. And he, he always performed, like if there was a, uh, a kid's tournament and he wasn't playing in something, he'd show up there, like randomly show up. You know, we call it Ontario Golf Association, be like the JGAA here. Mm -hmm. So imagine in a JGAA, you got like 80 kids, you know, good little golfers showing up. Well, sort of when they're gonna give out the awards, Mo might show up and then all of a sudden you go to the range and then everybody goes to the range. Because you're gonna watch Mo hit balls, because it's that cool. Because it's like wherever you want it to go, that's where it's gonna go. Wow. Yeah. Why don't we all mimic his swing? I would say because my other my coaching mentor was that's a great question was George Newton. So favorite like he was like Captain Canada as far as PGA Tour golfer. Mo was uh, always considered quirky, a little odd, you know, kind of a joke. I don't know. You, you see, because mm -hmm. he was wore turtlenecks in August, but he wore sun sleeves before anybody did, because he was so fair. You know, just in the form of a turtleneck in August because he's so fair-skinned. Where George Newton won on tour eight times. He came second in the Masters. George, back in the day, you know, long golfer back then, maybe hit it 275 if he roasted it. Mo would hit it 250. So George, you know, if George had a good day, you know, he could probably beat Mo because he was a little bit, could take advantage of the golf course. He was a phenomenal striker in his own right. He was highly regarded, you know. And so 
I'd say that Mo, and I, and I explain it to people with, with a golf club, you know, this whole inline one arm thing, like if you held the golf club, you know, in your left arm or lead arm and you did this, the, the club has speed just by a little bit of left arm rotation, okay? You hold it and point it straight away and you rotate your arm, it doesn't have any speed, it has a ton of face rotation. Hmm. You see my point? So there's you, there's a little bit of a loss in speed, and I, and I think that, like Mo was probably a 100 mile an hour guy. Like when I think back, and when I watched him as a 20 year old hit balls, and he passed away when I was late 20s. But he wasn't as robust a hitter as say, like Jack Nicholas, because Jack could roast it. George Newtson, Tom Weisskopf, that, that era of player that was really good. Those guys could swing it hard, even with those funny little persimmon heads, and still smoke it, right? In the right situations, they could hit it 300 yards, even with those spinny balls and teeny-weeny wooden heads. Right. You know, so I think that's why we don't, because it's like, even Bryson now, when you watch Bryson, you don't see, when he first came out, he looked really exaggerated this mm -hmm. way. He doesn't look mm -hmm. that way anymore. It looks a little softer. He's got a bit more speed from, you know, this golf machine, you know, power accumulator number three kind of stuff. So... I think that's why not everybody copies it because it's not as fast and so people take take the speed versus the possibility of accuracy sure kind of new trend of the game is speed yeah it's all speed right <clears throat> and there's there's not quite as much skillfulness and artfulness to the swing as there used to be it's maximize and speed and power yeah you know i i, I would disagree i would say that I, th I think that the good players certainly segment the game properly like they know how important speed is but they also know, like I could take any tour player, we could drop 20 balls right there and say, because I did this with Nick Taylor, and Nick Taylor used to work with me back in the day, because I had a golf school going, I said, Nick, come on over. And he had a six iron. So he's like, hi, everybody. Nobody knew Nick was, he hadn't won yet. Right. Just a nice kid from Canada. And so he chipped six iron on that green, right, 85, 90 yards. And I said, Nick, because he, he asked me, I said, Nick, hit six iron on the first green here at the black flag. And he said, keep it on the green or just let it skip off the green? I just let it skip off the green. Okay. He didn't know what I was up to. Sure. And then he hit one to the red flag, a buck 35, skipped off the green. And then the, what color is it today? It's green. And that's more like 165. So that's like a, you know, 80 percenter for him. And then the far one's 210. We couldn't hit six iron that far. But I can take any good player, right? Certainly as good as Tursky here, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And say Tursky. Don't suck up to me. Right? No, no. But I'm saying every, every good player can govern, they can take a look at something and govern it and sort of make this mental um, recipe of, of how to move the golf club, touch the ball nicely, divot or no divot or whatever, flight this ball, make it go a certain distance, right? The golfers that come see me, it, they, all they think about is hitting it far. Now, mm -hmm. to a fault, you know, I always say to people, whatever you wind up, you have to unwind, right? So you got, if you wind up all this complexity with goofy angles and elbows and every which way and moving way off the ball and stuff, good luck. The swing's like <laughs> one point two seconds long, right? you know, from takeaway to touch. So if you create all this complexity and, you know, in the 0.75 of that, and then try to undo all that, you are going to not hit it on the golf course. And then you're not going to touch the ball nicely. You're going to chunk it skinny, whatever, hit it all over the place. Right? So we try to go, all right, speed's huge for sure, but you got to have some organized wind up that can unwind onto the golf ball. And then from there, you've got to learn how to take it from whatever speed. Like if, if you're maxed with a six iron for a tour pro, let's say it's 100 miles an hour. You know, I'd say most tour pros could rip a six iron 100 miles an hour. They can eyeball it and go, okay, that's 100 yards. 
They may not think of the number of the speed they need to swing the club, but I guarantee it translates to hitting a golf ball. They, they know in their brain it's a flatter trajectory, right? They, they can kind of see it and feel it before they do it, and they go live it, and it sort of comes off, you, you know? And so that skill, they try to teach that a ton of my golf camp. It's Good. just how to, yeah, you got to rip it, rip it with sense, and then you got to have the, the ability to be more of an artist with your irons, not just hammer shots that go, you know, and, and that's a big thing about fitting sometimes. Sometimes I'll go, man, who fits you? Oh, my club pro fit me. And I'm like, well, this eight iron is flat flighted. It lands, it, it doesn't have any spin. It, it won't stay on a green. We got to get you in something that'll go a little higher with a bit more spin. But then they'll say, well, I love hitting eight iron 160. I go, well, huh, why? It's a worthless eight iron. You know, it's a worthless <laughs> club. You need, you need a club that, it's a predictable trajectory and a predictable spin. So it stays kind of where it, where it lands. So you can go putt the thing in the cup, right? Not just brag to your friend that you hit eight iron over the back of the green in the pond every time. Exactly. You know, so I don't know why I went on that huge tangent, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. So recently somebody asked us to pick our favorite tour bags and all three of us gave our, our own answers. I think I picked Scotty Scheffler, Tursky picked I can't remember who you I said I like three people. You said like three people. Three I think you said like Tigers. But I said Kucher, Tiger, yeah. then Anthony Kim from yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. But gotta but, give an AK shot. But my question for you, Martin, is is more swing related. Who's swing? If you could have, if you could like steal one tour pro swing from all the guys out there, whose would it be? Hmm. You know, I, I have to go with Rory. I mean, that's pretty you know, it's just for a dude who's not that big, he can just flat smash it. Um you know, he's just fun to watch because when he pulls driver out, it's high launch, low spin, baby draw, and it's flying 300 yards, you know, and when it lands, if the fairway's got, you know, if it's not soaking wet, it's going to go another 30 or 40. Like, Bryson's, like, what Bryson's done is incredible, too. Like, that dude works his tail off. But if it's just sheer, like, if I had to morph into a golf swing, it'd be, it'd be Rory all day. Yeah. Awesome. Martin. Hey, man. Good to be with you Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. It's yeah, fun. You bet. So much fun. Thank you. Cheers, bud. Chris, thank you, bud. Always, brother. Keep keeping. And that'll do it for episode 120 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you want that social media goodness, you can find us on Twitter, at Fully underscore Equipped. Instagram is at Fully Equipped Golf. It's still the same for the TikTok, at Fully Equipped Golf. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Got to remember that. Not a lot of content. Got to remember that TikTok. Yeah. Very little content, but we'll uh, we'll try and change that here very soon. We've got a lot of content in the hopper. Anyway, we need to hire a TikTok guy. Well, that's you. You're I thought the, you were the TikTok, TikTok guy. guy. I'm not loving the TikTok guy. The <laughs> Island Boys got canceled. There's no reason to be on TikTok. Come on. You could be the new Island Boy. Oh. Just a better version. Ooh. Okay. There we go. There we go. Actually, I like that idea. I got to think up costuming though. <laughs> costumes, some face tattoos. Some okay, face tattoos. we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. Well, on that note, let's let's close it out. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.